Right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going right through the book of Hebrews, or chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. So excited about uh, what I have to share with you this, to, this morning. And I pray that it'll be a blessing to your heart and uh, will help you in a very special way. I want to title the message, Brother Cody, Nothing But the Blood. Nothing But the Blood. That's the title of the message because I'm going to tell you something. That's a good song, isn't it? There's nothing but the blood. And I want you to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Let's stand when you find it. We'll go back to Genesis chapter 4, but I won't make you stand there. Some of you look like you're tired. Amen. I don't know why you just got up. But anyway, uh, Hebrews 11:4. The Bible says, By faith Abel uh, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaking. Now, I didn't know that I'm going to preach this the day before Memorial Day, but that's a great Memorial Day sermon right there. Um, he, by he being dead, yet speaketh. The men that gave their lives, the ladies that gave their lives, they still speak. You know what they speak? Respect your country. Uh, vote. Uh, be a good Christian. Uh, worship God. And I died for your freedom. And so don't take it for granted. That's what they're still speaking. Amen. And so thank God for that message, but I'm not going to preach on that <clears throat> this morning. I want to preach on nothing but the blood. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much for the good service. Lord, I know it's been a sober service, been a serious service. And Lord, we're so concerned about our brother Austin. We love him and we praying for him. And God, I just thank you that <clears throat> I'm able to be here today <clears throat> with um, breath and strength to preach. And God, I don't take it for granted. And I pray, dear God, that you'd bless uh, him, Lord, in a special way. But God, bless us now as we focus on where we're at and what we need to do for God. And Lord, that we need to have faith in God. And we're going to thank you and praise you for increasing our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice, folks, listen, uh, than Cain. Now, to understand that verse, you must go back to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And there's a crimson cord that's written through the Bible that is like a river, and that's the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Here's the first recorded um, shedding of blood, no, the second. The first was when God uh, slayed the animals and made a covering for Adam and Eve. And that's probably where, uh, this is probably where um, Abel learned the lesson from mom and daddy. You know, mom and daddy, the greatest lesson you can teach your children is they don't need religion, they need Jesus. Amen? But look at this, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, the Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, that means they were intimate, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man... Uh, from the Lord, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the, the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now listen, and Abel, he also brought the firstling of the flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel unto his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth. It ticked him off good. And his countenance fell. 
This, you can tell a lot about a person's countenance sometimes unless they have too much Mary Kay on. But look at verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Why do you look so sad? Christians ought to have the joy of the Lord, praise God. It says in verse 7, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and to thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over them. And Cain talked with Abel, and to make a long story sh short, uh, let me read the rest of this verse. And it came to pass that when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. He killed him. And folks, he killed him over religion. I want to preach uh, this morning on nothing but the blood, but I want to tell you something, friend. There's only one acceptable way to be saved. And Cain is not preaching it. Abel still preaching it by the decision he made. And this is the, what he's saying. He's saying and he's proclaiming through the ages and ages that everybody that reads this, these verses and reads this Bible is that the only one acceptable way uh, to approach a holy God is the way through faith in the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Abel preached at his own funeral, but folks, he, keep, he keeps on preaching that the blood is enough. The blood makes a difference. Nothing but the blood. Amen? And folks, the Old Testament is a shadow pointing to the New Testament. Colossians 2.17 says that. All the types, all the shadows, everything that happened in the Old Testament is pointing towards the reality of Calvary. And Genesis 4 is a foreshadowing of true worship and false worship. Abel and Cain typify these two kinds of worship. So I want to just give you three points, and I've already given you a poem. And here it is. Number one, here's the contrast of their worship. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. We ought to be intolerant, but we should not sacrifice truth. The world doesn't need more religion. Can somebody say amen? But what they, the world needs is Jesus. They need a living relationship with a living God. According to David Barak, a Barak, I hope he ain't kin to him. But anyway, uh, David Barak, 9,900 different religions are in the world. And many of them have many gods. The Hindus have 300 million gods. I wonder who had time to count them. Good gracious. That's ridiculous. There's only one God. There's only one Lord. Say amen. Now listen, just because you got a mask on don't mean you can't say amen to it. Praise God. But listen, but there is only two religions in the entire world. True and false. Say amen. That's the only two religions there is. And folks, there's the religion of grace and there's the religion of works. And this is the religion of Cain, works. But the religion of Abel was, I'm made righteous by what my mom and daddy taught me to do. And that was to shed some blood because it forecasts and it pictures and it shatters the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. What Cain offered to God, it was probably a lot prettier than what Abel offered. Fruit and vegetables, that's pretty. Almost bought some the other day. Uh, Casey's up there selling truckloads of it for $20 a box. I said, man, I don't think me and Connie, since we're by ourselves uh, totally now, uh, is, uh, you know, we could even eat that much vegetables. But I was tempted because it's a good cause, help our farmers. But vegetables are pretty. And they're pretty when it goes in, just pretty. Uh, apples, 
uh, oranges, and he probably had a great display. In Jude 11, uh, the Bible says, Woe unto them that went the way of Cain. So it might have been pretty, and religion might be real pretty and prompt and, and prim, but I want to tell you something, folks. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 9, verse 22, would you look there, please? 9.22. You ought to get excited about this now. And almost all things are by the law purged with the blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Say amen right there. There is no remission of sin without the precious blood. So the number one point, all you, there's some good note takers in here. Miss Carolyn, Miss Brunella, some of y'all take uh, explicit notes and some of y'all really uh, uh, bring those back up sometimes when I preach the same message. But I want you to know this, folks, God help us to note this, that it can be beautiful, it can be prim, it can be proper, but if it doesn't say the blood of Jesus is enough and that the, the shed blood of Calvary is enough, then it's a false religion, a false religion. Somebody said one day, I have my own religion, so did Cain, and he went straight to hell. Some people say, well, I'm looking for a religion that suits me. That's called humanism, and a whole lot of people have got that kind of religion. So did Cain, and he died, and he went to hell. Most people don't need any more religion. What they need is Jesus, and Jesus will make you religious. A relationship will make you. I'll just be honest with you, and I know I sound like Austin Gardner. I guess he's on my mind so much. But, you know, so most Americans are egomaniacs. We are egomaniacs. You know what that is? We're strutting to hell thinking our, we're too good to be damned. We're strutting to hell thinking we're too good to be damned. In other words, we're going through religion trying to get to heaven, and religion is man's works. And God help us if we ever think we could offer anything to redeem and atone for our sin. What did Abel offer? Well, the firstling of the flock based on blood atonement. Religion is what simple, simple people do for a holy God. But the gospel is good news of what the holy God did for sinful people. Say amen. Where did Abel get the idea of bringing the blood offering? I'll tell you where he got it, from mom and daddy. Because they tried everything to get right with God and they couldn't. They even covered themselves in fig leaves. There's another fruit. They tried to cover themselves in their own works. Jesus came to him, said, that won't work. You know what God did? He slew an animal, and he covered them with uh, coverings. And folks, the blood was shed. Abel was a prophet, according to Luke chapter 11, verse 49. Abel was the first martyr who died for his faith, but his offering was prophetic, and his only way of salvation, and it pointed to Calvary. That's why this is such a wonderful verse. He's dead, yet he preaches. That the blood is enough. There is no other way but the blood. Folks, the blood was not an afterthought. Look at uh, Revelation 13, 8. Revelation 13, I almost pulled out another message on you. But I'm trying to be brief about the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. And it's mentioned in every major part of the Bible. It's the theme of the Bible, by the way. Amen. Amen. Look at uh, Revelation 13, 8, please. The Bible says this. I'm next door, I'll get there in a minute. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are, are not written in the book of, the, of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It said all the nations are going to worship the Antichrist that's not written in the book of life of the what? 
lamb, the lamb, the lamb. And it says, from the foundations of the world. Folks, listen, this blood atonement's not plan B. It's plan A through Z, say amen. Folks, there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life than Jesus Christ taking your place and paying your sin debt for your sin. No other way. You take the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's dominated with that message. The heart of the Pentateuch is Leviticus. And the Leviticus, the heart of Leviticus is Leviticus 17, 11, about the shedding of the blood. There's life in the blood, the, Bible, the verse says. Hey, the heart of the prophet, if you want to go to the heart of the prophet, go to Isaiah chapter 53. If you'll go to Isaiah chapter 53 and read the whole chapter, it's about the blood of Jesus. All we like sheep have gone astray, but we've all can come to him because of the lamb, because all our sins were laid on him. All our sins. Folks, you go to the Psalms, and folks, the heart of the Psalms is Psalms 22, and Psalms 22 is the picture of the death of Jesus and the dark hours of Calvary. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. If you go to the Gospels, thank God you go to the Gospels, the heart of the Gospels, John, and I believe the heart of the Gospel of John is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's it saying? The blood of Jesus. You go to the epistles in Ephesians chapter 1, 7 says, we're redeemed. How do you get redeemed? You get redeemed by offering a purchase price, the blood of Jesus. And folks, it says that we're forgiven because of the blood. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. You go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Revelation 12, 11, the Bible says, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. Say amen. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Oh, friend, it's all over the Bible. The river of blood began again in the Garden of Eden when he slew those animals, covered those sinners. In 1 Kings chapter 18, I was reading this in my Bible study uh, day four yesterday, and the Lord just thrilled my heart, touched my soul about this theme about blood and, and the works. And uh, it says that uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, famous chapter, but look in verse, uh, uh, 1 Kings 18, 28. 1 Kings 18, 28, I'll wait on you. If you have to go to the bedroom, get your Bible, go get it. You got to go to the den, get your Bible, go get it wherever you're at. Go to the kitchen table, get your Bible, wherever you're at. But look at this, 1 Kings 18, 28. It says, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lassets till the blood gushed out upon them. Here's religion cutting themselves. I'm glad I don't belong to that cult. You got to come in here and cut yourself. But look at verse 29, the results of that. And it came to pass when the midday was passed that the prophet uh, uh, prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice and there was neither voice nor any answer or any that regarded. God didn't move on the blood that was cut in their flesh. He's only moved by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? It's all through the Bible. All through the Bible. No wonder Noah built, the first thing he built after the ark landed was an altar. And the first thing he did was sacrifice an animal and blood flowed. No wonder Jesus said about Abraham, turn to John chapter 8 verse 56. John chapter 8, verse 56. Oh, I love to preach on the blood. Praise God. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening by way of internet. But John 8, 56, the Bible says this. Well, let's go back to 
verse 55. It says, Yet ye have not known him, uh, but I know him. And I should say, I know him not. I shall be a liar like, like you, but I know him. And he keepeth saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And then the Jews said, Wait a minute. Thou art yet 50 years old, and thou hast seen Abraham? Folks, I want to tell you what he was saying. He was saying the day that, that uh, Abraham went to that mountain, same mountain that Calvary was planted on, and the blood was shed, and God said, wait a minute, I will provide a lamb. And the ram was caught in the thicket, and the blood was shed instead of Isaac's blood. What a picture of what happened to us at Calvary. Say amen. And what Jesus said Thousands of years later, Abraham saw my day. Abraham saw Calvary on that mountain. Abraham knew that if he killed his son, that God would raise him up. That's in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll get to that in a few months or weeks. And folks, I want to tell you something. He knew something about blood sacrifice in Genesis 22. Then Exodus 12, you know it. It's where we get the word Passover. But Moses he said, God told Moses, take his children out of that heathen darkness, slavery, and, and to the promised land. But before he did, he had one more plague, and that was the death angel upon all the firstborn. And what did he say do? Take a perfect lamb, put the blood on the lintel of the door, and when the death angel passes by, he'll pass over you because the blood has been applied. Aren't you glad that people didn't try to put their diamonds, their rubies, their gold, their emeralds on that door? Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. Their good works, their riches would not have been enough. The death angel would have visited that house and slew the whole place. Folks, listen. Uh, they didn't put their poetry. They didn't put their manuscripts of sincere desire. Hey, they didn't even put an edict from the great Pharaoh, the little G of this world at that time on that door because if they had, the death angel would have passed by and that firstborn would have been slain by the death angel. But no, he passed over. He passed over because of the blood. So in Exodus chapter 12, we see the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. What am I saying? I'm saying Cain and Abel is an Old Testament counterpart of the Pharisees and the publicans. Look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And look at verse 10 through 14. Luke 18, 10 through 14. The Bible says this. Oh, I'm so glad I can preach this morning. So glad I'm allowed physically to pit preach. I don't take it for granted. Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 10 through 14, I believe it is. You know the story. And folks, it's a story about a Pharisee and a Republican. Not a Republican, a publican. Amen? I like Republicans. But anyway, um, that, that live by the Bible. But look at verse 10. It says, two men went up into the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee and the other a publican. And that means sinner. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not of other men, exhorters, unjust, adulterers, even this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Look at verse 14, the, the heavenly evaluation of these two men. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. 
exalted. Folks, listen. We need to see that Cain and Abel is a picture of the Pharisee and the publican. And folks, it's either the, the right religion or the wrong religion. It's either saved by grace or you're, uh, or you're, or you're lost by works. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You can be the most religious person in this room and bust hell wide open. You can keep all the catechism and clisms and you can keep all the rules and regulations. You can go to school. You can do all you want to do. I'm going to tell you something. You can be raised in that uh, religion. Uh, you can kiss the Pope's foot and bow down to Mary if you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. If it doesn't include the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going straight to hell. You're condemned already. And there ain't no religion going to get you good enough to climb a ladder to heaven because there is no ladder. There's only a cross. He's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of all men. Romans. Folks, I want you to see number two real quick. I got to go. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to go somewhere. Amen? I'm sure not going to go home and watch some adulterer and some guy that's pushing liquor play golf either. And everybody's worshiping all these guys. It's so great. We're going to have live sports this afternoon. One of them's a whoremonger and the other one's pushing liquor. God, help us. I mean, we worship them. We worship people like that. We want to worship God. God is no respecter for Cain's offering. Look at Genesis chapter 4. I want you to see number 2, the consequence of their worship. The consequence of their worship. Genesis chapter 4, verse 5. Here it is. The Bible says this, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. You know what it's saying? After God would not accept his beautiful vegetable and whatever uh, offering, he got ticked off. He had good intentions, but his good works was not acceptable. And I'm glad God didn't give him A for effort. Or like I used to have to take advantage of, I'm glad he didn't grade on the curve. You ever been graded on the curve? Everybody failed the test, but the highest feller Got, got the best, you know, good night. Never heard, I never thought about this curve stuff. But I want to tell you, friend, God will not overlook sin. Some say God is too good to punish sin. Let me just say this. He's too good not to punish sin. He's a holy God, and there is nobody that can approach God with their own selfish works. Cain, the Bible says the wage of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And folks, I want to tell you this. Somebody had to die, and Jesus took your place. Folks, the contrast of their worship, the consequence of their worship, but let me close by saying the conflict of their worship. Look at chapter 4 of Genesis one more time, and I want you to look at verse 5 through 8. And the Bible says in uh, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. In other words, I mean, sin's sitting there like a ravious, uh, venomous beast that's going to devour your life and cause you to do more than you ever thought you'd do. And he said, oh, no, Lord, I'll get over it. And he said, I'm just not being saved. That's okay. And he says, unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. 
Folks, I want to tell you something. Sin will take you a lot lower than you ever thought it would. Sin lies at the door, ready to devour you. That's what that's saying. The first murder was over religion in the Bible. I'll tell you something about religion. Remember, it was a religious crowd that said, crucify him. Free Barabbas. He's made himself king. Crucify him. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Can't I release him? And the religious crowd, his own people, the Jews, said, crucify him. Why did Cain kill Abel? I'll tell you why. Because false religion is characterized by force. Our faith is characterized by love. Say amen, Brother Pete. They, the Muslims strap bombs on their kids. We put the gospel in our kids' heart, Brother Mark, Ms. Julie, and we send them over to who knows where with the gospel of love. The only reason I can send my children, and I'll have to send them back in a few weeks, back to Peru. They've been in quarantine for four out of the five weeks they've been here, Miss Bernella. And the reason I can gladly say they're in the will of God is because, folks, those people need the gospel. They don't need religion. The Middle East is full of violence. Religion is violent. Religion is by force. And Cain is the first testimony of it. If I don't get my way, and if you don't go my way, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to push it on you. We never push our religion on somebody. We show our relationship to everybody. It's love that motivates us. Amen? It's love that we share the gospel. Why did Cain kill Abel? Because religion is always characterized by force. Look at what happened to many missionaries overseas. Missionaries are being murdered in the name of religion. Missionaries are becoming martyrs. Salvation of Jesus is by grace through faith based on the shed blood of the Lamb. Let me summarize. Two religions in the world. One true and one false. You say, well, I think you're being too narrow-minded. I didn't write this Bible and I didn't die for your sins. I just believe that Jesus did. Amen? And He said he's the way, the truth, and life. I believe. Hey, the difference of these two religions, let me sum it up, hell or heaven. You better get a burden for your religious relatives. You better get a burden for your religious neighbors because they're thinking they're okay and they're strutting their way to heaven saying I'm too good, or strutting their way to hell saying I'm too good to go to hell. God loves me enough to send me to heaven. He loved you enough, but he wants you to accept him. And so I believe there is an, uh, some people say, well, I believe there's another way other than the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't like that bloody religion. Well, let me ask you one question. If that's true, then why did Jesus have to die? If that is true, why did Jesus have to die? He's more than a good example. He's your Savior. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. 
No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I like the old song that we're about to sing, I hope, Brother Randy, about just as I am. It talks about the Lamb. It talks about the blood. Let me close with this illustration. A preacher, a good man, as the world goes. Compassionate man, as the world goes. But the, he had the religion of Cain. He was just a religious preacher. He called himself a minister. He wouldn't even call himself a preacher. There's a lot of preachers with a religion of Cain, by the way. And he had a religion of Cain, and he was very a liberal nomination. And he was in his study one day, and a knock came on the door, and he opened the door, and there was a little girl, poorly dressed. And, she, and, and he said, little lady, what can I do for you? She said, are you a preacher? He said, no, I'm a minister. Could you help me? The little girl said with tears streaming down her face. He thought she needed food. Could you help me? He, she, she said, well, if I can, I'll help you. The preacher replied, or the minister, how can I help you? He said, can you help get my mother in? Well, he thought perhaps his mother was passed out drunk out in the car. Well, sweetheart, where is she? How do you want, us to, how do you want me to get her in? And I'll go help her. Where is she? She says, she's home. And, and mister, she's dying. And she's at home dying. Well, what do you mean, uh, help get your mother in? The preacher asked. He said, my mother doesn't know God. And she sent me out to find a preacher to help get her to heaven. Can you help get my mother in? My mama is dying. Preacher said, yes, sweetheart. I'll go. He put on his coat and got his hat and he went with the little girl down to the poor section of town. And there in that little uh, tenement was a woman on her deathbed dying. Not even with the doctors and nurses to take care of her because she couldn't afford one. And that woman said, are you a preacher and are you a minister? He said, yes, I am. You're, are you a man of God? And he said, well, I trust so. Well, can you help me in? Now remember, he didn't preach the blood atonement. His was a religion of culture, of good works. He had the religion of Cain. He began to tell her about the Sermon on the Mount and living right and doing good and kindness and all these things, high and wonderful platitudinous ideas. And the woman had a distraught look on her face and she said, you don't understand. I have lived a sinful and wicked life and now I'm dying all that you say sounds very good and very wonderful, but I'm dying. I can't do any of that. Don't you have a message for a woman like me? And that preacher began to think, and he realized, I don't have a message for a woman like that. And then he remembered the story that his mother had told him before he'd gone off to the liberal seminary and gotten his liberal education that all he needed was good works and religion. And he remembered his mother telling him about a Savior who took our sins and carried them to the cross and in the agony and blood died and said, it is finished and paid in full. And he went back and told her that old story through, though he himself didn't really believe it. And told her about Jesus. And told her about the cross. And told her about grace. Told her about forgiveness and led her in a prayer. And she prayed and asked Jesus in her heart, was gloriously saved. But that's not the end of the story.
Later on, this liberal preacher stood up another pre in a preacher's meeting and gave this testimony. Here's what he said. He said, sirs, that night, that woman came in, and I came in too. I came in too. I gave my heart to Jesus, and I got saved, not by my works, not by my goodness, not by my education, but all because of the blood. Folks, listen. You ought to come to Jesus just as you are without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come to thee. I come to thee. Father, use this message. I thank you, dear God, for the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. I thank you, dear God, that we're called old-fashioned around here because we believe in the Bible. Definition of salvation. And we believe in the Savior that will save any whosoever shall call upon Him. And we believe that the blood makes the difference. The blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, makes the difference. And I thank you for that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we don't know how many people is going to watch this message by way of internet, so I'm going to give an invitation like this place is full of sinners, and full of the lost, and full of the religious but lost. Sir, is it the religion of Cain? Ma'am, is it the religion of Cain? or the religion of Abel? Is it saved by grace, or you think you're saved by works? If you think you're saved by works, you need to come to Jesus today. You need to come to Him pleading just the blood, not your goodness, but God's goodness, to send His only Son to die in your place. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, how we ought to praise Him. Oh, how we ought to thank God for every song that's about the blood that's in our book. We ought to sing them often. Folks, there's no greater doctrine. There's no greater way. He is the only way. He's the only truth. And he's the only life. How many say in here, preacher, I know I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. And if I die today, I know I'd go to heaven because of the blood of the Lamb has been applied to my heart. And if the death angel passes by through this virus or through any other way, drive it home today, I know I'll be in heaven because I've trusted in the blood. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over the place? How many rejoice in that? Say amen. That you're saved not by religion, but by relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That he was good enough to come to you when you couldn't come to him. Several cannot raise your hand, even in this place. Several I know cannot raise their hand in many places. will be watching by way of internet. But you say, preacher, I'm concerned about my soul. To realize that my religion is not enough. And I've never put my faith and trust in the finished work of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. And I'm too entrust in religion too much. And I want you to pray for me that I'll get saved before it's too late. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down? Anyone just lift it up and then back down. Why do you think we send missionaries all around the world with that one message? Because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin and everybody needs to hear the gospel. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up and then back down. Say, Preacher, please pray for me. At home, you can lift your hand up. And you can bow and pray and ask the Lord to Jesus Christ to come in your life. If you do, we'd like to hear from you and give you some information that will help you grow. We'd be glad to do that. If you'll just uh, uh, write our church or, or look us up on the webpage, get in contact with, with somebody you know in our church, they'll gladly uh, give you this material. 
about how you can grow in the Lord. How many say, preacher, I'm saved, but I want to be a witness like Abel. I want to preach to the day I die that the blood is enough. I want you to pray for me that I'd be a better witness in these last days. Because I got some lost loved ones. I got some sisters and brothers. I got some family members that are lost. They're good people, but they're lost. And they're trusting religion and not a relationship with the Lord. And I want to reach them. I got a burden for them. That's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer for their, for their sake? For the lost loved ones, the religious but lost? All over this place, several people's raised their hand. You ought to pray for them during this invitation. Father, use this simple message. And God, thank you. There is only two religions in the world. And God, they're saved by grace or lost by works. God, it's the religion of Cain or it's the religion of Abel, trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to be saved. And so Lord, I pray that you'd use us God, use us as a witness of how to be righteous. And that's through your blood that was shed at Calvary. We'll praise you and thank you for using us in these last days to witness to our family members and our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen.